Mindvine, a mental health podcast for everyone. Since our first episode in 2016, we have been sharing stories of recovery, engaging with experts, and tackling the stigma associated with mental illness. The Mindvine podcast is produced by Ontario Shores Centre for Mental Health Sciences and is available on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Welcome to the Mindvine podcast. My name is Daryl Mathers, and today we are talking occupational therapy. It's Occupational Therapy Awareness Month, and occupational therapy is a big part of what we do at Ontario Shores. And we have uh, two special guests today to talk a little bit more about that. So first, before we get started, I'd like to welcome Claudia McDonald and Volker Brandt. Thank you both for being here. Thank and you. Having- as I was saying before we started uh, filming that <clears throat> occupational therapy is uh, maybe one of those professions or certainly in the mental health space that uh, maybe is a little bit mi- misunderstood. People don't maybe have a firm grasp of, of what it means to be an occupational therapist. And uh, as two occupational therapists, I thought maybe we could start by just maybe uh, explaining the definition and what it means in terms of the work that you both do every day at Ontario Shores. Yeah, for sure. Go first. Okay. Um, Well, occupational therapy, first of all, is such a broad field. Um, Mental health is just one area that OTs can get into. We can get into um, physical rehab, schools, like so many different things. So mental health is just one aspect. Um, OT is a very holistic profession. And in mental health specifically, um, I think it really focuses on the psychosocial lens that OT utilizes in the holistic approach. So really thinking about how um, someone's mood, thoughts, feelings, emotions are impacting their ability to engage in their daily life. And at the core of it, when you think of occupation, oftentimes people think occupation means your job. Um, But in OT, occupation really refers to anything that you do that I like to say, you know, occupies your time or another way to think of it is anything that you want to do, need to do, have to do. So, for example, your job is an occupation, but so is, you know, taking care of your kids or going to the grocery store or sleeping. All these things are occupations. So we really, in our role in mental health, really work with our clients to talk about how their mental health is really impacting those areas of their daily life. Yeah, yeah. I I find myself sometimes so wanting to um, simplify the definition. Yeah. Sometimes <laughs> definitions can be quite lengthy too. Yeah. Um, and, and I found uh, certain people might find it easy to understand that uh, it's, it's a bit of a jack of all trade, at least from the inpatient perspective. Yeah. And perhaps also, you know, maybe there's a modern role of OT and perhaps also a certain traditional way that perhaps sort of feeds into it. And uh, so from this perspective, uh, things like uh, talking about anxiety management, um, talking about mobility, talking about uh, um, behavior plans, behavior activation, um, grocery shopping, um, sleep, uh, food intake, um, those kind of areas. And um, as you extend the list, you could always say, check off all trades. That's true. Let's <laughs> begin to maybe your specific uh, roles at Ontario mm-hmm. Shores, yep. we have um, a variety of programs. Mm-hmm. Ontario Shores will uh, treat adolescents, we, uh, adults, uh, the geriatric population, forensic mental health. Uh, 
for you two in particular, Claudia, you're on the outpatient side, and uh, Volker, you're uh, inpatient. So mm -hmm. I wonder if you could kind of describe, you know, maybe uh, a little bit about your roles, but also the, the difference between the two, so people mm -hmm. you know, may have a, a better idea. Do you want to go first? Yeah, yeah, sure. I'll kind of speak to my role and then okay. think of some differences. <laughs> um, so I work for the First Responder Mental Health Specialty Program. It's an outpatient clinic. Um, it's in association with Trillium Health Partners and WSIB. So our program, we see workers who are referred to us that are first responders. And in our program, we really focus on people that are living with PTSD um, and other anxiety disorders. And we are really specialized program for first responders and our outpatient program that we offer. Um, it includes psychotherapy, return to work sessions, reactivation sessions that are really about um, daily functioning and how, how you're doing in your day to day and psychoeducation. So it's kind of this bundle of all these different aspects of programming that we offer. And right now we're offering it in person and virtual. So it's a little bit of a mix. Um, but yeah, we typically have a certain number of clients in our program that we see on um, a weekly basis. And then we're also doing assessments for new referrals. And sometimes we refer workers to our program and sometimes we refer them elsewhere. So that's kind of our typical um, week that we get up to in our program. And how, how would that <laughs> differ from your role um, at, at the hospital uh, on an inpatient working with? Um, so, so first and foremost, uh, I don't have a um, opportunity per se to do virtual um, mm -hmm. uh, because everything that uh, we do on the inpatient unit as OTs uh, will require to be in-person hands-on um, and uh, things like mobility for example or things uh, that relate to ADL self-care showering dressing um, those kind of things um, so that's perhaps one of those bigger differences mm -hmm. so um, I, I suppose if we have uh, um, areas like, for example, psychosocial education programs where information is provided to a group of people, um, uh, it might be a possibility. But being on a unit uh, means that we provide it in person um, to all of the patients that we have. So that's perhaps one of the big differences. Everything is hands-on yeah. in person. So you mentioned psychotherapy a, a, a couple of times. And you know, it's also a, you know, a term and a job title for people on Ontario Shores, psychotherapists. So how does psychotherapy and OT, how does that relationship kind of work? Yeah, so psychotherapy um, in relation to OT is a controlled act. So meaning not all occupational therapists do psychotherapy, but occupational therapists can do psychotherapy if they're following um, the certain standards that we have in place. So that includes things like um, making sure you're doing the necessary trainings, making sure you have adequate supervision. And it's a really unique aspect of OT actually, because um, like you said, you know, psychotherapists of course do psychotherapy, so do psychiatrists, psychologists, social workers, nurses. Um, OTs are actually another one of those professions that can do psychotherapy as outlined by our regulatory college. And it's a really unique aspect of OT and it's definitely a very valuable role that we can do in the programs. Um, for example, in my program, we're, you know, I'm a clinician in my program, 
and the other people that I work with, we're all doing similar things. We come from different backgrounds. Um, there's social workers, other OTs, and we can all do um, psychotherapy. So it's really interesting to kind of um, relate on that one field. So We were talking earlier about um, just the length of time that you guys have been with the organization mm -hmm. and the profession. And uh, Claudia, you're relatively new to Ontario Shores, whereas Volker, you, you know, you're coming on your 14th uh, year here. Oh and <laughs> so you would have been here, you know, as we're coming out of this mm -hmm. um, pandemic mm -hmm. and hopefully on to, to brighter days. Um, you, you know, you were here on March um, 2020 when things mm -hmm. drastically changed, you know, for the world, but um, in our, certainly in our Ontario Shores community yeah. and for inpatients. And, I wonder if you could talk a little bit about, you know, what that experience was like, um, mm. you know, obviously from a professional perspective, yep. like how it yep. changed, um, you know, what you did and how you interacted with patients and how you mm. overcame some some challenges, but also, you know, on a, on a personal level. Yeah, yeah. So, so having said earlier that uh, quite a lot of work uh, that uh, uh, I do and the other OTs on inpatient units will be hands-on, um, and certainly um, put quite a lot of uh, breaks on a lot of things that would have been uh, perhaps also going off unit, for example, or um, the, the issue and the limitations about physical distancing, mask wearing, and so on and so forth. So uh, there were definitely quite a lot of uh, barriers at first that had to be overcome um, and I'm, I'm sure we, we all look back and found that we found creative solutions and uh, within policies and um, uh, uh, areas. Um, on, on a personal level um, I found it initially very difficult to also explain to patients so why we have all of those uh, uh, limitations in place at first. And uh, perhaps it was just like any other education, it took a little while until it was settled and patients got too used to it. And uh, it seemed to be a routine in, in many respects. And uh, um, um, yeah, we all found that uh, sometimes we, we had to complain um, we felt we needed to complain, patients, and so, um, but uh, we found solutions and really the, uh, the, the fact that uh, we had to make it work was important and uh, we looked at our, our mood, our thoughts, um, our activities, again, our routines, and uh, we found ways to, to make it work. So. Just jumping back to maybe your role um, for a bit, you mentioned that you're part of the first responders clinic uh, on Ontario Shores, working with Trillium and WSIB. Um, PTSD is a is a big term we hear uh, a lot more frequently, uh, just in society. It's something that you know we often associate with first responders. You know, what's a, like working in in with that population? Um, is it more prevalent? Like, is there are we seeing more people come through the door? Um, you know, what's the experience like working with something that's kind of inching towards the forefront of people's yeah. minds in terms of um, the risks associated with those types of jobs? Yeah, so it's been really interesting for me. When I started in the role about a year ago, that's kind of the same time that the clinic started. So it was my first kind of OT role out of school in a new clinic. And I think clinics like this, specialty clinics for PTSD for first responders, um, they're not brand new, but the prevalence of the amount of specialty clinics out there for first responders is definitely newer. So it's been really interesting and we've heard a lot of feedback from 
first responders and the workers in our program that having a program where they are with other people that have experienced similar things to them brings a really unique, valuable element to the program. Um, just that having that aspect of peer support, I think, is really invaluable um, because, of course, you know, even as a clinician, we can be empathetic, but at the end of the day, being a first responder is such a unique experience. So I think it's really valuable to have these programs where there's that peer support. And um, yeah, I hope it will only continue to grow this program and other programs across the country. When, you know, prior to the March of 2020, uh, our virtual, our capacity for virtual care was uh, fairly minimal. You know, we did see clients virtually, but it wasn't anywhere near what it is uh, today. And, um, you know, from the perspective of uh, the First Responders Clinic, that ability to reach people in their homes, um, mm -hmm. at their convenience, wherever they are, whether it's, a, you know, during a lunch break at work or whatever the case may be, how has that um, flexibility, um, has that improved, you know, the therapeutic relationship? Has it helped? Um, like, what's the experience been like going, or I guess you've only known virtual, but like, do you get feedback from patients about um, the use of virtual resources for that program? Yeah, so I think like anything, it has its pros and cons. And we do do a mix of virtual and in-person. I would say for myself, primarily, definitely do the majority of my sessions virtually. Um, I think the biggest benefit is that we've been able to reach workers all across the province. So we have workers from up north um, to the east, out to Ottawa, to the west. So it's just such a broad um, catchment area that we're able to serve because, of course, if workers were having to come solely in person, um, it would be a little bit more challenging if you were living 10 hours away, right? So that's definitely a big benefit. Um, and as well, yeah, I think the flexibility of just being able to um, kind of attend your session from your home can be really great, especially, you know, workers there in our program, they're often off work or near returning to work. So they're balancing life demands, family demands. So having the opportunity to just kind of do their session from home can um, be beneficial. Of course, there's also challenges, right? Is that when you're at home, it can be challenging to find a private space or find the best internet connection. So there can be some challenges there. Um, and then in person also has its benefits as well. I know workers have given us feedback that it can be really helpful to have something on your schedule that you're getting up for, that you're getting ready for, that you're going in for. And that really relates to OT in terms of what we were talking about at the beginning, just kind of um, how you're engaging in your daily routine. So pros and cons, but definitely it's been able to allow us to reach so many workers that I don't think we would have otherwise. It's nice to have that flexibility and opportunities and you know, yeah. for our patients. Yeah. In your time, obviously, you know, same profession mm -hmm. as Claudia, but different roles in, in terms of um, you know, the patients that you're caring for. But when you think about your, your time, Volker, in the occupational therapy space, mm -hmm. have you noticed a significant amount of change? You know, what have you liked about where things are going? Um, mm -hmm. You know, what's that process been like in your, in your yeah. career? Um, change uh, in respect to, well, that now it's virtual 
um, services are available. And I know that uh, um, even patients who come on onto the inpatient unit sometimes will have virtual services provided from the outside, so uh, FaceTime or uh, OTN, uh, those kind of things. Um, um, in respect to um, patients overall, well, sometimes uh, people might say that the seasons change, and so does the patients too, right? Uh, but this seems to be so more or less a pattern uh, over the years. Um, and, and I have to say that uh, despite the fact that perhaps sometimes uh, patients might come in with uh, um, more severe symptoms, perhaps more challenges, more complex, um, it's actually more enjoyable than I have to say, I, I don't know, I may be the only one perhaps sometimes, <laughs> a bit more of a challenge, but uh, that's, that's one of those things. If it were uh, perhaps the same old, same old, then uh, you, you get used to it perhaps. Um, you maybe uh, find it uh, less, less of an interesting thing. So change in this case is good and I like it. We often talk um, mm. as patients and families come into care at Ontario Shores, the importance of you know, caregivers and uh, family members taking care of themselves mm -hmm. and making sure that while they're supporting you know, a loved one with mental illness, that um, they manage their own mental health. And then we say the same thing about you know, our employees who are taking on a, a lot of these issues and, and dealing with some really complex uh, situations. Um, same would be true for, for OTs. So, um, what advice do you have? Like, what would you like to see your colleagues uh, do when it comes to caring uh, for themselves? Yeah, it's definitely a big thing that I think we as clinicians and as people that get into healthcare, I think we can often neglect is caring for ourselves because I think at the end of the day, we all get into this field because, um, you know, I think we're empathetic people. And we want to help people. Um, but at the end of the day, the more you help yourself, the more you can help other people. Um, I like to think of the analogy of if you're on the airplane, they always say, you know, when the oxygen mask comes down, make sure you put yours on first before you help anyone else. So um, kind of similar thing. And um, I think for myself, being a new OT in the field, what's been really, really helpful for me is just having really supportive colleagues and having the opportunity to just talk about how I'm feeling openly with colleagues. I think oftentimes we can have really heavy days or hear stories that might impact us emotionally. So it's really important, I think, to first, you know, find people that you trust, that you feel you can speak openly to at work, to have those opportunities to debrief and ensure that that's a priority in your clinic. And I think that's a really big thing. Yeah, yeah, I think being, you know, also definitely having people on a team where you can be sometimes frank too, uh, you yeah. know, where you really can speak your mind and um, uh, also uh, let go, vent in some way too. Yeah. So also receiving, obviously. Yes. Too, so, right. Yeah. Um, but what I found over the years um, also that really um, impacted me is actually making use of any of those skills that we are teaching the patients. Yes. <laughs> CBT skills, yeah. acceptance, <laughs> distress tolerance. Practice right. what yeah. we preach. Yeah, that's right. Yes, yeah. 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 As we continue to recognize uh, OT uh, Awareness Month, um, 
where would you suggest people go to learn more? What would you like people to take away from? Is there any like, you know, like maybe parting thoughts about um, this month and what you'd like to see people kind of take away from it? Yeah, so I think for myself, one big thing that I really took away from, you know, my OT schooling and just my understanding of the OT profession is how important it is, this concept of occupational balance. So meaning that we do so many different things in our life and the more you can have a balance of different things that you enjoy, so things that you might do for productivity, like going to work, things that you do because you just enjoy doing them, like working out or cooking. Um, the more you have that balance, the more likely you are to feel fulfilled um, and just have something to turn to that you value and that you enjoy. And I think that kind of relates back to what we were talking about before, where I think it's really important as well for us as employees and clinicians and everyone at Ontario Shores to have things outside of work that we enjoy as well, because I think it's really important to have that balance. Um, and we don't want to set ourselves up for a situation where um, we don't have anything that we can turn to to kind of give us a little bit of um, enjoyment outside of work. So I think that's really important to remember this month. In terms of where to learn more, um, our different professional bodies have lots of great resources about OT in general. So there's CAOT, the Canadian Association of Occupational Therapists. And there's also OSOT, the Ontario Society of Occupational Therapists. Um, those websites all have really great resources about um, what it's like to be an OT across many different fields. But yeah, I, I was thinking about um, how I would say it, but perhaps keep up the hope and have fun. Yeah, <laughs> that's more I mean, to the point. They, I, like I know that sometimes, you know, I, I, I think no, I about our, our, our patients too, that, you know, maybe sometimes their attention span is a little bit shorter. So kind of, uh, or, or maybe they have other priorities and sometimes, uh, yeah, how to explain things and you keep it short. So, but I, I think that covers a lot of things. So mm -hmm. OSART, KOTO is our regulatory yeah. body, COT for getting to know things a bit more. So, yeah. Well, thank you both for, for being here today and, mm -hmm. uh, and helping us learn a little bit more about mm -hmm. OT and what you do and, uh, and how we can learn more. Thank you. Thanks Thanks so much for thank you.